1: Welcome in the latest episode of the five on the floor podcast on the five reasons sports network make sure to check out five new heat content is on there right now and of course as you know it is free we don't charge you to read our stories why would you pay to read someone's stories anyway also check out the other podcasts in our network three yards per carry five rings canes has um, been reshaped a little bit so make sure you check that one out sinker Arizona's, and all the rest of the stuff we do we're bringing back 305 live you got to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are everywhere. Before we get to today's episode, we've got the whole crew here today. I want to talk about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and they're back. You remember one of our earliest sponsors here was Doral Toyota? They were with us from the very beginning. Well, we want you to support them as well. Doral Toyota is celebrating their 50th anniversary with below market prices on new and used vehicles that's right 50 years in this market and five reasons sports listeners get a dedicated manager to work with so not just your usual salesperson you work with a dedicated manager take care of your needs just mention five reasons when you either go to the dealership or you call the dealership they've got over 1500 new and used cars to choose from and it's easy to get to right off 826 and 836 just a few blocks from International Mall. They've got in-house financing available for credit challenges. So visit Duraltoyota.com. Again, that's DoralToyota.com for more details or visit the showroom at 9775 Northwest 12th Street in Doral. Again, that's 9775 Northwest 12th Street in Doral, DuralToyota.com. And now, today's episode.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. Alf 954 Brought to you by the 5 Reasons Sports Network.
1: Alright, Ethan Skolnick back here with Alex Toledo and Alphonse Sydney. They are still recovering. We did not do a podcast last night because they were too busy with about 100 people at Sports Grill in Kendall. We finally went down to Southwest Dade. And the people showed up. I did not show up. Um, I want to make this clear because people think I have this aversion to Dade County, which I do, but uh that was not what this was about. Um I just I Thursday is my night with my daughter, so uh I wasn't able to get down there. But Alf and Alex, before we get to kind of the wreckage that you witnessed on the television, what did you witness there at Sports Grill?
2: I mean, there was a lot of people out there, man. I got over there like at 733. I mean before tip off, right? And it was already like overflowed. I I I was literally considering going outside of the room that we had dedicated to us to go get some food because it was that full. I got lucky that some seats opened up.
1: Alf, Ringmaster.
2: Um, it was it was absolutely great.
0: I mean, I um I've had my doubts about going that far south just because I don't want to. <laughs> it's not, not uh not anything personal it's just I live in Broward County and uh Kendall is far but man Southwest Dave really showed up last night I mean just the love from the fans of the podcast I can't thank everybody enough it was honestly it was what it was one of the more special nights um that we've had as far as watch parties are concerned just actually like finding out how people found out about the podcast one guy just said he was searching for heat stuff on YouTube. He listened to the show. One guy said he heard uh, me and you, Ethan, on seven ninety. Well, what, what was that? Like three, four years ago.
1: Yeah. It was a and time ever since
0: time. then, he's been exactly. He's been he's been looking for us uh, ever since then. Um, it's just it was just amazing. It was it was a really cool night. It was just one of those nights, like okay, like when sometimes you feel like you're just screaming out into the void. But it was one of those nights you felt you when you connect with the people you're talking to and the people that are listening. It was really, really, really cool, and I really, really appreciated everyone that came out. Shout out to George Miranda at uh, Miranda Wrights on uh, Twitter. He's the one who put it all together for us because no, none of us were driving down to Kendall to organize a watch party. He did it. Um, he he brought a lot of people out. We brought a lot of people out it had to be between 80 to 100 maybe at some points 120 people we over the room overflowed there were fans that went and sat in the regular dining area because there was nowhere to sit i mean it just it was just a great time and shout out to sports grill because the the, the managers the, the two of the managers on duty had to come and help serve our group that's how busy it was so it was just a great time overall
1: I'm trying to figure out if it would have been as busy if I was there. I wonder if a lot of people showed up because I was not coming. I I was a little bit jealous. I I will acknowledge it um, here on (laughs) Las Olas Boulevard, uh, watching the Fox Sports Sun telecast and knowing you guys were having a good time down there. But we'll we'll do another one soon. I was trying to figure out if it's just because I wasn't there that everybody showed up. But I'm glad that everybody had a great time. I was a little bit jealous. Um, I will acknowledge after I put my daughter to sleep and I was kind of watching on television realizing you guys were having a good time. I was having to watch that slop on television by myself uh, with my pretzels that I think I just choked on and a soda. Um, listen, uh, what the hell's going on with this team, guys? Because we can talk about what a great watch party that is. Nobody's going to come to our watch parties if the team plays like this. And we're not responsible for this one. They're three and two this year with us having watch parties. I wasn't even there. All right, so I don't, I don't want to hear it, That five reasons. I know Harry's all over this. Okay, everybody else. It's always five reasons fault when they lose. When we win, we get no credit um they're a bad road defensive team right now like I don't think that's the five reasons curse it is what it is and and so the topic today is very simple and then we'll get to some Wade stuff at the end before Alex and I head down to the event is it time to sound the alarm they're they're a 500 team in 2020 we can talk about six guys at all-star weekend we can talk about Bam's development and the way Jimmy's fit and the way the rookies have played they're a below-average road team right now. Like, it's no longer mediocre. They're below average now. Um, they don't defend the three at all. They've lost five out of six. And Trey Young, eight against everybody who defended him last night. And I got to be straight here. You know you know what, guys? I know I'm a big swolster guy. Not his best night, okay? Not his best night. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand the rotations. I didn't understand why he had the three Memphis guys playing out there so long together. Um I I didn't get why he didn't put Jimmy on Trey Young sooner. I there was just a lot of stuff last night. I didn't understand Kendrick Nunn on Trey with 5 fouls when you had other options on the floor and then he's got to know the numbers. Andre Iguodala was a minus 33 last night in a game that the Heat lost by 5. So is it time to sound the alarm Alex? Um
2: in a sense, yes. And I mean like, okay, I remember I don't know if you you, you remember that before the All-Star break. And, you know, before the trades that were made occurred, I was saying that I was starting to get worried about a first-round exit because of the defense and, you know, the struggles that they've had on that end. And, you know, I was expecting a little bit more, right? And I'm not going to try to overreact to one game. It was it was ugly, though. That was not like – I was watching that game, and the whole time during the watch party, I was enjoying it. I was talking to the people while watching the game, and it just felt like one of those things where the heat – kind of let the you know they play down to their competition they they let them back in after having a decent lead but no it was that was serious that was serious they were getting they were getting cooked by by uh by Trey Young and I think it's another symptom of a problem which is their drop defense right and that's even without Myers Leonard and without Kelly Olynyk playing a lot they're still playing a lot of that defense uh when they're not switching and then even when they were switching they were still getting eviscerated by Trey Young so I think like, I'm not mad with Spoh playing around with lineups. That's what I wanted him to do. That's what I said on this podcast. That I wanted him to do a little bit of experimenting after the break to see what really works. But it was kind of weird having those three guys out out, uh, you know, out there together for so long, despite the fact that Solomon Hill hadn't really played at all before this game. But either way, um, we got to sound the alarm with the defense because that was the, what we thought was going to be their bread and butter heading into the season. And, yes, that was based on a Justice Winslow as starting point guard idea. But Iguodala and Crowder were supposed to come here and really help that out. And they got eviscerated by a team that has just frankly been one of the worst teams in the league last night. Trey Young is an all-star. But now you got to think about the fact that, like, the Boston Celtics have a, a similar type of player to Trey Young, which is Kemba Walker. And not only that, they've got a bunch of other wings and weapons that they can throw at you and death. So it's like, oof, you, you got you to be a little bit worried going into this home stretch before the Alfie, playoffs. Alfie,
1: you've been a big Spo guy. I'm a big Spo guy. We get criticized on the podcast for all being Big spo guys. Um, but I, I, there was some, again, curious stuff last night. Is he, is he just tinkering at this point because he doesn't I, have Leonard? He doesn't have Hero? He's trying to incorporate new pieces?
0: That's, that's what I felt like last night was like um, almost like he felt like he was playing with house money because it, it was the the Hawks and you're throwing Solomon Hill out there for big minutes uh you're down three, and Duncan Robinson's on on the bench after a timeout for an offensive possession, and you put him back in. Now, when you're down six, um, Jimmy um, was bad. <laughs> I mean, not I mean, just at, at the end, uh, execution-wise. Um, but Spo, yeah, you got to put some of that on Spo. You got to put a lot of it on Spo. I, I, I like you. Part of the part of the problem last night, I wasn't paying as much attention, and I almost feel like everybody was at a watch party. It was like nobody paid. It's like the Heat didn't pay attention to the fact, oh, wait, we're about to lose this game. And it, it was like, it felt like panic time. I just I just didn't get it. I felt like coming out of the All-Star break, you were going to see a focused, rested team. And last night was probably the most disappointing game of the season for me. Like, I know Nikias, uh disagreed with me on Twitter, and he pointed out the Washington game. But that Washington team without Beal beat a lot of teams. Uh, this was a healthy, rested Heat team. I know Myers is in there, but you have plenty of weapons now. Um, so is it time to sound the alarm? Yes, because not, not saying that I'm, I'm super worried about the team, but if this team doesn't have some kind of sense of urgency uh, down the stretch run where they have so many home games, they have so many winnable games, and if they do not sound the alarm and they do not have a sense of urgency, they could fall into a sixth or seventh seed. And and if they are a sixth or seventh seed without home home court advantage, what Alex is saying is absolutely correct. They could be a first round exit. And a first round exit for this team this year is a huge, complete disappointment, right? And I don't care what the expectations were coming into the year, that where the expectations are right now, if this team goes in as a sixth a fifth or a sixth seed, and they get knocked out in the first round because they can't win on the road, huge disappointment. And it's it's, it's, it's almost like not a lost season, but it's mm-hmm. just it's a lost opportunity is what it is because you're trying to show people that – you're trying to show pl- players around the league that this is a place that you want to come play. But if you can't get it done this year, this season, at least getting into the second round and making a, making a series of it, I really don't know what leg you have to stand on when you're meeting with free agents.
1: Well, look, and I think we've changed the expectation level for this team several times this year. We had higher expectations for this team than the national media. Then they exceeded our expectations. Then we started looking at, can they make the big splash move to push them forward this year? And so we started thinking about things like Eastern conference finals. I mean, I've had, you know, national guys on here talk about potential of Eastern conference finals when really that was not something we discussed before the year. that we didn't. I mean, I thought this before the year, you know, high 40s win team, they're still on pace to exceed that uh, and probably second round. Like, that's what I was thinking. Um, that may be where they end up. But I'm with you at this point that they've shown enough that it's getting frustrating now when they don't do things that you know they should be capable of doing. And, I, look, I, I think the Myers-Leonard situation has hurt them, but it shouldn't have hurt them so much last night. They, they, I mean, Atlanta is not I mean, – Capella is not even playing. Right. So uh, th- you're not talking about, I mean, they're playing against Deadman, who was shelved by Sacramento for 12 weeks. Like th- this, that's not the kind of team that losing the big should be the big issue against. Th- their issues are some of us we've talked about, but they have some one dimensional players, but they brought in guys that were supposed to be better defensively. Now, sometimes you can't do anything about a player. Trey Young's going to shoot from 35 feet. What the hell do you do? Right. But him getting in the lane, that's what Spo was pissed about. Him breaking down the defense, nobody with any force against him. And I know some fans were like, they're calling every ticky-tack foul. You had enough bodies last night, so let all your guys foul out, okay? But be physical with him. And then, you know, I come back to this. I just don't understand some of the decisions there. Um, You know, he played Iggy on him a lot. Iggy can't play with him. I mean, there are certain guys I think that Iguodala will be very effective against in the playoffs. A guy like Trey Young is not one of them. And so they have – we have to talk about this. We talk about the defense. Everything seems to start with their inability to control quick guards. This has been a consistent theme this season. All right, so let's look at the East, okay? Because Dragic can't defend these guys anymore. I mean, if he could, he can't now, right? None has not lately. Um, They don't have other options unless they put a slightly bigger guy like a Jimmy, which he didn't do last night, like an Iguodala, like a Crowder against him.
0: So let's look at the East. Derek, Joan, Derek Jones Jr. has been effective against. Derek some Jones of those Jr. Guys. has
1: been against some of them, right? It's like they have enough bodies, right? You figure. All right, so let's look at it. Toronto, Lowry, huge problem, potentially. Uh, Bledsoe, if he's not playing like playoff Bledsoe last year, is a potential problem. Uh, Kemba Walker, God help them okay like in a playoffs what's that
2: mix of other guys they have it's like they can't even trap kemba if they wanted to because they're just giving up too many other guys
1: right that, so the boston
2: has just turned into a huge problem that i don't think we saw coming earlier in the no, season
1: no okay indiana if they get their bleep together i don't know that the heat will match up with them based on where they're both seated but uh brogdon and, and oladipo potentially if you ended up in a four or five situation there. Um, and then who's the team I'm missing? I'm sorry, Philadelphia doesn't really have that option. But I, they may get it in a buyout market, but probably not. But this is, this is a huge issue. Like, they can't defend at the point of attack, and it's breaking everything else down. And so you have basically a historic game from Bam yesterday. I mean, considering the way he started shooting the ball, he was 3 of 12, the way he finished up that game, that's like an all-time great game by Heat Big, completely wasted because they could not control at the point of attack at all. Um, how do they, and I want to get to something else, which is the Jimmy shooting threes at the end, which is another thing that's just got to stop. Um, it's one of the things he learned from Wade. Uh, well, that's got to stop as we talked about Dwayne, but, but how do they control quick guards? Is there, is there a scheme? Is there something the zone didn't do it? What do you do?
2: I mean, I understand some of what Spo was trying to do last night by throwing a there for a few minutes. I think he, he, he left it on for too long, but the idea was, you know, try to cut off, his movement and, and just the general space he has to play because he has the length and he's a high IQ defender, but Iguodala just doesn't have the legs to keep up with somebody like Trae Young, who's very shifty with the ball, is a great playmaker. He's not somebody who just wants to shoot it. Like he is great with timing and all of that, that you need to be. And that's why he's an elite offensive weapon. But at the same time, the answers are there, right? It's Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a point of attack defender. The problem there that becomes obvious is once you start relying on him for that, He's not going to give you the same offensive production because nobody will, for the most part. You know, it, it's you want him to be off of the best player because he's the one generating your offense most of the time. And you don't want him to be, you know, 1A on both ends. Because the matter of fact is like, once you if you match up versus one of these types of guards like Kemba, what are you going to do? Are you going to put Jimmy on Kemba? And then have, you know, one of these other wings that they have completely overpower whoever they throw there. Like the, their problem comes down to, again, what was
3: And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
2: And just because they added Dollar and Crowder, I don't think those guys are necessarily two-way players. You get what I'm saying? Like, they're not guys who are 100% going to space the floor for you. So you end up choosing between lineups that are like, okay, how many offensive only guys, am I gonna play how many defensive only guys you're gonna play? And like the answer is you gotta play as many defensive guys as you can and just pray that they make the threes because that's what their offense has been relying well, on. Well no, that's what they did that's what they did
0: last night when they
2: took Duncan out of the game. And they had and Goran see, in there.
0: Yeah, and you put Goran in there. You saw what happened. Um there's we're gonna have to have a conversation eventually about Goran Dragic, closing out games, uh executing defensively. We're gonna have to have a conversation about the fact that Duncan Robinson is a plus 22 um, in his minutes. Like, Duncan Robinson is, the, is one of the, uh, the key guys to making their offense run. So, to me, it's all about finding the mix, like Alex was saying. You have a lot of one-way guys, but you do have guys that, can, that go, you know, that play both ends of the floor. Now, are you going to rely on Andre Godala for big minutes? You got to figure that out. Jay Crowder so far has, has proven pretty reliable. Um, but it's just about how, what mix are you going to put out there. When there were lineups out there with four guys who you can't trust beyond three and Goran Dragic who you can't trust on defense, and they were trying to close the game like that. And that's not, <laughs> that's just not going to work. And believe me, I've, I – where I'm at on this is that Spo is going to figure it out. Where I'm disappointed is that he didn't figure it out over the All Star break. That's where my my major disappointment is. Is mm-hmm. that I just thought they were going to come out of this break just killing everybody. Well, and see, listen, I don't,
2: is- I don't really understand that line of thinking because we it was so obvious before the break how much trouble they were having with the same issues, right? Like none of these uh, issues are new. And I get what you're saying. Like it is disappointing that we're still. Seeing the same stuff, you know the road issues, the defensive perimeter issues. Considering we thought they were going to be so good on D coming into the season, but at the same time, it's like, where are the answers? Like I said, if you were to put Jimmy on one of these guys, like you're, you're leaving the other parts of the defense that, Alex, completely you're, you're, open. But like, I feel like there's saying, no easy answer there, you know.
0: Alex, you're saying you're saying what I, you're saying what I'm saying. It's just that these are the same issues that were happening before the All Star break, and then you come into the first game after the all-star break and the same issues are rearing their ugly head. So what was done during the all-star break? Uh, Starting Jay Crowder, playing more Solomon Hill, uh, less Duncan Robinson in the fourth. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know how any of those were fixes to what, what's been going on. Um, So that's just what, where I'm coming from. It's, that's where the disappointment is. Now, listen, guys, it's, it's one game, but it's it, it, one game that's following a trend that's been going on since the beginning of the year. I still do trust that Spo's going to figure it out. He's always been a better – he's always been a great uh, post-All-Star break coach. But last night, like I said, most disappointing game of the season. Let's see where they go from here. Saturday night at home, Wade's jersey retirement. What, who are they playing, the Cavs? Like, yeah, the Cavs. That I mean, better man. be a 40-point blowout. Or, or then really, then you really want to start sounding the alarms.
1: Well, let, let's get to the new guys, all right? And I, we do have to talk about Dragic. I, I think we're at that point. But let, let's talk about the new guys because it's just, he started Jay Crowder, which I thought was the right thing to do. I don't know if D J J was under the weather or what, but it was it was odd that Solomon Hill went in before D J J did. Like that substitution made no sense to me. But the starting Jay Crowder makes some sense until you get Myers back because you just don't have enough bigs. They don't trust Silva to play, so you can't start Linux because you don't really have a big coming off the bench. So I I get starting Jay. It makes them small. But the thing is, he's been apparently really good, and his plus-minus numbers are really good. They're just not winning since they got him. Iggy's plus-minus numbers were excellent until yesterday where that was a disaster, and that was eye test meets the stats. It it just didn't look good for him last night. And so – you know, I'm just curious as we go forward, they're going to get hero back. That's going to change things. I don't know when that happens. But are the new guys playable with the current group?
2: I mean, are they playable? Sure. I think that's not really the question here. I think if you're trying to compare yourselves to you know, these other teams that you're really worried about, and now that every other national media member is saying that they're ahead of the heat, a.k.a. the Raptors and the Celtics, Like, you got to be better on that end. You know, they're they're, they're right in the middle in defensive rating for the year. you got all these other teams uh, in the top five or top seven. While at the same time, these other teams are also really good at offense, just like the Heat are. So it's like, not only that, some of these teams have more top-end talent than you do, like the Boston Celtics, right? And it's like, you need to figure out these issues if you're going to match up with them. And I don't think Iguodala and Crowder should have had the brunt of those expectations for fixing it, right? They're just supposed to kind of help mend things and help make it better. But if they're still leaking threes on offense, the problem is still going to be there. And I don't think Myers, Leonard, and Tyler Hero are going to come back and help that necessarily either, you know? Yeah. Every, think, yeah, heat yeah.
1: fans, Alex, are like putting on there if we had Myers and Tyler. And I, I respect what both of them bring, but that wasn't going to stop what happened but last night.
0: It does give you more scoring like scoring God. wasn't a problem. Yeah.
1: No. Now the communication on defense balance. maybe, but but,
0: but listen, I, and one of the things we have to realize is you're incorporating Two major rotation players, and that always takes time, right? So, and you have guys that historically, I know some of the numbers on Jay Crowder defensively haven't been great. I test. I feel like he's a he's a good defender. Stays in front of his man. He's not he's not as good as uh, he's not a great on the quick small forwards, but he's strong as hell, right? And you know Igodala can play defense. He also hasn't played uh, basketball in eighteen months or or eight months, whatever. So. We, we, there is some patience that we need to have, and I do think they fit. I think they fit because they are the kind of guys that can you can play them with Duncan and Tyler and a big, and you're not going to lose everything defensively. I think part of the problem what happened last night is there, were, there was too many of those defensive guys and not enough offensive guys At certain points of the game, once the game got out of control, and and like you said, Ethan, we do have to talk about Dragic at the end of games.
2: He's he can't guard these guys. It's more than just Dragic, isn't it? It's the fact that they have so many of these guys that you just can't trust on defense down the stretch, versus especially versus better like none and Oron and
0: Duncan and Hero. You have enough guys, you have enough guys to figure out a mix, yeah. To me, where you can play Duncan, you can play. I think it's just going to take time to figure out that right mix because we, because after that Toronto game where Justice, uh, Jimmy, and Bam were out there, we real, we figured you could put any two guys out there with those three. And they
2: were going to shut teams down at the end of games. And that's another right? thing that we're learning, right? Is that, look, and I completely understand. I don't want to relitigate the whole trade thing, and whether or not it was a good idea. I completely understand all the reasons they did the trade financially because of Iguodala and Crowder's experience. What we do know is that those guys are not Justice Winslow, right? They can't take the point of attack defense role off of Jimmy's hands. Whereas, like, that, it, it, I do like your logic and I do agree with it right they have more guys to have an offense defense mix but because you had to you know you had to focus more on finding that mix than actually like okay who are your best seven I don't think we're ever going to really know like who their best five guys are I think it's all going to always going to be matchup dependent dependent so it's always going to kind of be up in the air right like I feel like we're going to be having this kind of conversation more and more because it's always going to depend on the matchup but
1: the, so but the has thing about it, out
2: for him,
0: Well, he does.
1: He no does, doubt. And he, he has in recent years. And I, I've said before that I thought this roster made sense. And without Justice, it made less sense. But we can't talk about Justice when Justice isn't even on the court for Memphis at this point. So I, it's it's one of those things. It's it's kind of like he didn't exist this season. I got one more thing. And we don't have a ton of time. so And I want to get to some Wade. But the other thing I didn't like last night, and I should have mentioned it, I don't like these no Jimmy, no Bam lineups right now. Like, I, you can't. Like... I You know, during the LeBron Wade years, you did it because you wanted a future Hall of Famer, and he still is a future Hall of Famer like Chris Bosh, to have his time as the number one guy. They don't have a Chris Bosh, right? They've got a, a, an Iguodala and a Dragic in their 30s. Like, you, you can't do that. Like, I, am I missing something here? Like, should Bam and The minutes were awful last night without that. The, all, the, all the minutes that Iguodala accumulated, the minus 33, was without Jimmy or Bam on the floor. How can but you not this, have either of them on the floor? You not that get, what happens, you,
2: though, when, with older guys? Like, they have more of these games where they're more up and down than anything. It's not that they can't play anymore, but, like, they have just but as, that's as games But as they that's my
1: point. He, he, needs, he needs support. You can't have neither of them on the court at the same – like, you just can't. Like It was, and, it was and, Solomon and Hill's to time to
0: shine. Right, right.
1: I mean, and so, I mean, you have to stagger them, and, and he's done this before. Like, this is not a coach who doesn't realize that. Like, he's – he, he always used to stagger. I've always said with LeBron and Dwayne, if you recall, what he used to do was when he brought in the four subs, he brought in Cole and, and Battier and Anderson um, and Allen. He would – and Ray Allen's a future Hall of Famer. I understand he was in his late 30s, but a future Hall of Famer. Shane Battier, Hall of Fame intelligence, okay? He had, those, <laughs> he had those four guys on the floor with LeBron, and then he would take LeBron out after three minutes, and then he'd put Dwayne in for three minutes. So they always had an anchor. You can't – like – you just can't. I, I, I'm i sorry. Like, I, And again, I'm a, I'm a huge Spolster guy. But last night was like, if you want it, the people who are always all over, Eric, like last night I was like, just have it. Just have it. Okay? One night, I'm not going to fight you because I'll fight you 75 other nights out of the year. But last night, he can't play lineups without Jimmy and Bam. He just can't. Like, they're too important. Bam needs to be on the floor. And if he's not, then Jimmy needs to be on the floor. But you know, are we in agreement you- on this?
0: Well, no other problem, Ethan, they should be able to do that against the Atlanta freaking Hawks. Uh,
1: yes. True. And maybe this was arrogance last night. I th- I don't know if Spo used the word arrogance last night. I thought he did in this post game presser, but this was a little bit of coaching arrogance last night. Like, like we've talked about throwing these different lineups at the wall. We're going to incorporate Solomon Hill. All of a sudden, we're going to play the three Memphis guys together without Bam or Jimmy. Like I, I believe that's what happened. If I, if it's not, I apologize, but I believe that happened uh, last night. Like, to me, there was some arrogance here, like we're going to beat the Hawks anyway. And the Hawks have a guy who, whether he should have or not, started the All-Star game. <laughs> I mean, so I, they, they got burned last night. I, I think there was some arrogance all around. So I'll go back to Love and Spolster and, and everybody, everybody knows in three days uh, or, you know, whatever. But last night was, you know, that's the mulligan to me. That's the, you deserve one mulligan. All right, we'll get to. I want to get to some Wade stuff here before we got to close. Before we do, one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Servani Men's Custom Clothier. How frustrating is it to shop for dress clothes you can never seem to find the fight fit? color or style, or maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it, you got a wedding or special event coming up, or you just wear professional attire daily, that's why you've got to go see Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier, and that's Blanca at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier that's in South Miami. Her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. It's right above Shula's 357. There's actually a sports grill right down the street there, so you can visit Blanca and then have a great lunch. Cervani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years, Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca, like I did, to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Give her a call at 305-310-2085. Again, that's 305-310-2085. Nothing fits like custom tailored clothes, so stop buying off the rack. If I go down there, everybody knows how much how I feel about Dade versus Broward. Uh, you know it's a great place to go. All right, real quick here. We don't have a lot of time, and Alex and I actually got to get to this thing tonight, which is Dwayne Wade is having his three-day weekend. Um, I feel like Dwayne Wade has had three weeks uh, in the media. He's been everywhere, uh, from Ellen to Good Morning America, whether it's about his career, whether it's about his, and I'm going to say it, whether it's about his daughter, uh, whatever it's been about. Now all of a sudden it's about you know a rap song with Rick Ross and Udonis Haslam. Um, a minute each, guys what does this weekend mean to you Alf
0: um to me it's just kind of like wrapping up the greatest career legacy in the history of the Miami Heat um I'll say it the greatest career athletic career in the history of Miami sports I know the three yards per carry guys will kill me for saying such a uh, a dastardly thing but he is the greatest athlete in South Florida history he can do no wrong. I was jamming out to that uh the Rick Ross song earlier. I don't care if it's corny or not. That that shit was dope to me because it was Dwayne Wade as Udonis has Haslam talking straight cash over a Rick Ross uh, beat. Yeah, I'll take that every day of the week. It's just that's what it is to me, man. We're wrapping up the greatest athletic career in the history of South Florida, and we all should be thankful that we got to watch him play.
2: Alex. And you know what? I've said it pretty great. It's the greatest, right? And I, I'm glad you said it because I'm obviously not old enough to have an opinion on Marino versus Wade. <laughs> but at the same time, though, like I 100% grew up with this guy. I started liking basketball 100% because of Dwayne Wade. After you know, getting in some basketball video games, I figured out who the Heat were, who their best player was, and you know, just watching him win championships as I grew up. So it definitely means a lot to me. Like all the nostalgia is 100% tied there. Uh, on top of that, my birthday is on Saturday, the night that they're retiring his jersey, and so that's gonna be a good time, man. But Alex is turning seventeen. Yeah, man. I'm, I'll be out of I'll be out of high school soon enough. But uh, <laughs> he can actually drive now. <laughs> yeah, I just got my restricted. <laughs> so
1: he's, he's the only <laughs> Lyft driver who didn't have a restricted license yet.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like a hundred percent. All the nostalgia is tied there. You gotta you gotta be thankful for for what Dwayne Wade's done to this team. And you know n- nobody else is going to get the three days ceremony that he's getting, and only he deserves it. This is a standard that only should
1: go to him. Well, I think it should go to Michael Beasley too, because Beasley was here three times, so she should give him thirty day. days. He should have one right. Well, he should well he should have one. Well, uh, the league did at some point. Then they no. I he should have he should have one day for every heat stint. Um, obviously, I covered Dwayne from the beginning. I was at his first summer league game in Orlando when nobody cared about it because everybody was paying attention to LeBron, who was in the big gym. Um, I was at his first preseason game. I was at that game in Philadelphia. Everybody talks about against Allen Iverson. Um, when you can tell there was something a little special here, even though Stan was pulling out his hair outside the locker room. And I was there till his last game with the heat um, in what we thought was his last game in Toronto. And, and then obviously at the very end here, and all I will say and, is this, I agree with Alf. He's the most significant athlete in South Florida sports history. He's become the most significant sports figure though, too. And that's bigger. Um, the way that he's led his life afterwards, the way that he has influenced people, and the way that he has put himself out there. And this is what I really admire. What happened with Parkland a couple of years ago, only Dwayne Wade could have been put into that situation and made those kids feel the way they felt. And only Dwayne Wade could do what he's doing for his daughter right now. Only Dwayne Wade. Um, And I can speak personally to the way that he's handled things with me over the years. Uh, Enormous respect. I'm staring right now at the picture of him lying down doing the snow angels it's in my my kitchen here um after he won that that third championship um most significant athlete i've ever covered and as you know i've covered quite a few we'll talk to you soon thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the fire Regional sports network